Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, unemployment is down. Also, the B-Team takes a look at mass confusion with schools reopening. And Mo Brooks is booed at the Trump rally. That's all, folks. I think Porky's got it right. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Angie Horn, Republican political consultant and strategist, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter at APR. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Well, we are back. Hey, Angie. Good to see you, Angie. Yeah, always Thank good you. to have you on. Well, Thank we are you. back here uh, outside of beautiful downtown Atala because our freedoms are being trampled on by those who won't take vaccine shots because their freedoms are being trampled on. So we're going to be trampled here in Etowah County. For a while. For a while. All right, so all that having been said, Josh, opening Alabama schools is just mass confusion. You and Eddie Burkhalter over at APR wrote about this this week. It is a mess and there is no plan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it really is, um, I guess, I guess indicative of, of kind of how we've handled a lot of this pandemic, which is just kind of, hey, okay, let's let's go with this. Um, and, and there hadn't been a plan from the top. I, you know, I understand a lot of issues that they have in, in different segments of our government about trying to handle this and trying to open the schools. Uh, uh, with Eric Mackey, for example, not having necessarily the legal authority to quarantine people or to issue his own mask mandates or things like that. But, you know, it, it's really, uh, I think, an indictment on, on everybody from the governor's office all the way down through that they didn't sit down at some point and come up with a decent plan uh, to help these county superintendents out, uh, to, to let them know what they could and they couldn't do, uh, to let them have somebody, you know, they sent out a packet of information on July the 30th and, you know, they're, they're not they weren't sure what to do. You told them you, you're supposed to send the kids away, but you can't legally quarantine them. You know, you, it's uh, it's a mess. And, and really, you, these poor county superintendents, they just want to protect everybody and do the right thing. And it's they don't they're lost a little bit in this. I mean, Angie, you know, you've got school age child uh, Jackson. Mm -hmm. And how are you? What are you hearing out there? And, and what do you think parents are facing right now? Well, being a parent is always scary, all day, every day. But now is a uniquely terrifying time to be a parent of a child under 12, because look, we have to send our children to school. And we have always said, even before I had children, other than the parent, a teacher spends more time with your child than anyone else. And so we're having right. to rely on them to help protect our children when we have no real clear plan coming from the top down. Now, my child goes to a private school, so we have a lot more leadership in terms of what to do at our small school. But, you know, I don't blame the governor for this. I do put a little blame on Scott Harris. Now he's the public health officer. 
he has had all summer to know these children were going back to school and there doesn't seem to be any plan delivered on any level from Scott Harris as to what needs to be done. Now, he is not a politician. And if he is letting politics get in the way of what he believes to be right, whatever that is, then maybe he's not the guy for the job. I mean, Susan, it, it, it's out there. You you know, there's a hodgepodge of solutions mm -hmm. and, and no real answers that it seems to me at least. Right, and there's no uniformity in coming from leadership to tell people what to do. And that's fairly disturbing, especially because these children under 12 cannot be vaccinated. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're running a high risk sending them to school. Uh, so even with masks, there, there's a lot of confusion over that. I mean, Josh, there were plans presented to the state where we'd have nurses at the schools, where we'd have places where they could have been quarantined or tested. Right now, there is little testing. There is no contract, contact tracing. Uh, we don't know what's going on because the uh, Alabama Department of Health doesn't even keep figures on how many cases there are in schools. So the state doesn't even know what the outbreak is in our schools. In Mississippi, they had 12,000 cases since the start of the school year, 12,000. We don't even know if we've yeah, had one or 10,000. Well, well, we know we've had we, we've had thousands. Um, you know, we, we don't know that officially through ADPH. You're right, and and, and it, it it has been a mess. And I, you know, I'll tell you, uh, you talk about the uh, the quarantining portion of this thing uh, or the contact tracing. Um, you know, there there this is one of the craziest things about this. All right, so the schools had an option. You could do contact tracing, right, and and partner with ADPH on contact tracing. And if you did so, well, then you had to identify these students and make sure they didn't come back to campus. But if you did you didn't have to do any of that. And so many schools started out contact tracing and then said, hey, wait a minute, this is going to be a real pain. We're just going to stop doing that. And we'll just call the parents and let them know, hey, your kid got in close contact. You can keep them home or not. And to which every working parent said, not, they're coming to school. Uh, so, you know, it's. And I think, Josh, you're going to see that change with football season coming now and high school football is a big deal in Alabama. And the last thing people want is for their football teams to be taken out by this. So I think you're going to start mm -hmm. seeing a little more, uh, a, a little more cognizant response to COVID because you're seeing football games being canceled. And if there's anything God, that's it's a real shame down, that, that, tries, that we're having to rely on football in every level, we're, we're having to rely on football at every level, high school and college to try to save people's lives. That's I don't the care only thing what that it gets takes people's to save attention. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. what the motivation is, as long as the end result is good. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right now, this, pa this past week, we moved mobile morgues to Mobile County and to Baldwin County in anticipation that the morgues are going to be overrun with dead bodies. And we're talking about refrigerated tra tractor trailers here. Yeah, let's I not call confused. them mobile morgues, all right? These are refrigerated 18-wheelers that you see going down the go. highway every day. You can call them a mobile morgue, but we're about to stack bodies in the back of 18-wheelers. Let's call it what it is. Exactly. Well, that gives a new meaning to 18 wheels and a dozen roses. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Hey, are those, are those humor, bodies that we're stacking up, are they, are they from the vaccine? Are the people who have died from the vaccine? 
I think those are mostly the unvaxxed. Yes. You know? I think 98% no. are unvaxxed. 98% are unvaxxed. Make, but make sure I there think was we people can all... that were actually dying of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, right now, what we're learning is that what we've known all along, that people are, that are vaccinated may get sick. It never said you wouldn't get sick. It was that you won't get so sick you die because that death is irreversible. I mean, that, that's just a yeah. rough thing, yeah, at yeah. least on this earth. But we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinion. Your career isn't a job, it's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. So you got caught speeding. But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, we're a little bit behind on this story, but I found it telling, disturbing, and uh, kind of funny, actually. Uh, Mo Brooks, uh, who, who wants to be our U.S. Senator, uh, he was at the Trump rally, which could be called the Trump slash Mo Brooks rally. And uh, Angie, he was booed for suggesting that people move on from the 2020 election. I mean, he, he went into the little spiel about that, you know, fraud, fraudulent election, but he then said, we gotta move on, people, we gotta move on. And they booed him, people shook their fist at him and said, get off the stage. What they up? did. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mo Brooks' statewide campaigns are just deja vu, right? He puts up this hype about himself and then he, and he goes out in front of a crowd and he believes those are his people and that he's the puppet master. And the truth is, they don't care about him. They don't like him. They were already screaming for him to get off the stage before he ever made the comment. And then he decides, because his polling data, I'm sure, is showing the same thing everybody else's polling data is showing, that the people who truly believe that the election is a fraud don't plan to vote. They don't believe in the system. So Brooks has convinced these people of this lie, and now they're not going to vote. So it's he's got himself in a situation. He tries to turn off the alternate reality machine, and they turn on him. So welcome to I mean, the reality you created, Mo Brooks, again. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, he he's he's one of the leaders of this thing. He was oh, at he was right January, January 6th. Yeah. He was right there earlier, you know, go get him, you know, let's let's clean this up. Yeah, and now all of a sudden- I believe oh, they call that hoisted by your own petard, I believe, is what they call it. <laughs> well, listen, it's just one more example of Mo only cares about Mo. You know, most of us have faith, right. family, and country as our three priorities in some order. Most priorities are Mo, Mo, and Mo. 
which is why you never know what Mo is going to say, because Mo is going to say what's best for Mo at that moment. If the election's being stolen or what's best for Mo at that moment, that's what he says. If it's let's move on, that's what he says. If Jeff Sessions is a great guy, what's best for him at that moment, that's what he'll say. If Jeff Sessions is a horrible person and should never walk the face of the earth, then that's the sentiment he'll put out. I'm for Trump. I'm against Trump. I'm for our soldiers. I'm against our soldiers. I'm for the vaccine because I took it myself, but now I'm against the vaccine consistently. Mo is about Mo, which is why you can't believe anything that comes out of his mouth for more than two seconds. I would just like to say real quick something that you would never expect me to say. I agree completely with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's all go to church. Armageddon's coming. Oh, man. Well, you know, and the pigs are flying, baby. Pigs are flying. I, You know, I think one of the things we have to look at here, and I was talking to a retired general uh, the last few weeks, and I said, oh, what, what could happen? if Mo Brooks were elected, and we're still gonna have a Democratic president. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's still gonna be president. And so he, he started talking about the things that we could lose in Huntsville, like the uh, Material Management Command. Mm -hmm. now, I wasn't even aware of that, but the Material Management Command is in Huntsville. It was brought here by Richard Shelby and George W. Bush, and it, it's everything Susan, from boots to tanks. missiles to tanks, it's everything. Two strings. The president could jerk that out of Huntsville because he doesn't like Mo Brooks. He could also jerk out the FBI center that we're getting there in Huntsville, as well as uh, stop the Space Command. And all this is done by the president, not by Congress. So Biden, if, if Mo Brooks gets elected, could jerk all of this out of Huntsville. All of it. I mean, Josh, you live in that area. What would that do? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it would cause some pain. I mean, you know, it's uh, Huntsville's growing like like you know no other city. Uh, I would say uh, in this in this general area up here, and and a big part of that is is has to do with the government that uh, entities that are here, uh, Redstone Arsenal and uh, and the FBI center that's coming here. You know, I, I, people, you know, I tell this to people a lot, and I don't think a lot of folks know this uh, yet that essentially we're going to have kind of Quantico light. Uh, here in in Huntsville, uh, there are some. There's going to be some. I'd uh, like five thousand FBI agents are, are, will come here and train, uh, you know, and live in this general area. There'll be lots of, of FBI agents here training and, and stuff in this area. And yeah, it's it's uh, you know worrisome to think that you could have somebody in that position like Mo Brooks who is so uninterested in the economy of Alabama, and that's really been his history is he's he's uninterested in anything like you know to kind of piggyback on what andy said that is not for mo brooks he just it, that's that's what he worries about is what's best for him and his image and he doesn't care about any of this other stuff yeah and he's like, closing against this, every this bill had to do this isn't about republican politics i'm a diehard republican but we have to decide as alabamians whether or not we want a u.s senator to do what's best for alabama or a U.S. Senator to self-promote on Fox News and Newsmax every time he gets the chance. Now, if you are very interested in being able to turn on your television at any given moment and see your U.S. Senator on television for a variety of positive and negative reasons, Mo's your guy. If you are interested in someone who wants to promote and do what's right for Alabama versus themselves, most probably not your guy. You probably want to look at one of the other three. 
you know, um, but I think it's very important for, for us to decide, do we want a self promoter like Mo Brooks or do we want someone who promotes Alabama? That's our decision. And, and he has voted against everything that has to do with what the progress in Huntsville. So I think, like you said, if you care about Alabama, Mo's not your guy. You know, one of the things that, uh, and I, I'm going to veer off script here a minute. We, we, you know, we have some can we have other candidates, Katie Britt, uh, Linda Blanchard, former uh, uh, ambassador to Slovenia, and Jessica Taylor. Uh, I think that, you know, Katie Britt and Linda Blanchard have a real opportunity here. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we'll have to chunk this over to the next segment, but we talk about it for a second here. Angie, and, and Linda Blanchard has been asked about leaving that race and running for governor. I mean, she's got a shot here in the Senate. I don't see, even with $5 million, you got a shot at unseating Kay Ivey. Do you? No, but when you look at the Senate race, it really is shaping up to Katie Britt versus Mo Brooks, right? Katie, you know, Mo is the, the Trump endorsee. Katie has been to like 50 counties already and has raised millions of dollars. Um, so, you know, the, the other two are, are very nice women who are very intelligent and have records. They're just not gaining the ground that Katie is. So this is becoming a, this is becoming a two-person race. Well, we're gonna have to hold it right there. I may want to address this on the other side. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. I do want to go back to that subject, Angie. Uh, and, and, and the rest of you. So there is, there are people that are putting pressure. Well, she's the Republican consultant here. She's, she's, Josh, nobody, nobody in the Republican ticket is calling you up and going, hey, Josh, what do you think? Think I should run? I know. I, it was just, and the rest of you. <laughs> you other peons. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bill? I'm glad I own this show, because I would feel terribly <laughs> offended if I didn't. Uh, anyway, so th there's there are people that are pushing her to stay in the Senate race, Linda Blanchard, people pushing her to, to run for governor. They're, Jim Ziegler, that idiot, is trying to run for governor, and now he's saying that he wants Linda Blanchard to get in and Tim James. And, you know, we've certainly heard rumors that Tim James was planning to run. I, and back to that question I had, Angie, how is anyone, even with a ton of money, going to take on a popular governor like Kay Ivey? Look, I, it will be extremely difficult to take on Kay Ivey, not only because she's extremely popular, not only because her campaign account has a lot of money, but look, Kay Ivey's doing a good job. 
She's much more popular than most people give her credit for. And she is also, like Linda Blanchard, independently wealthy. Kayavi is also at the point where she doesn't have a whole, I mean, she doesn't have 40 years of life in front of her. So she doesn't have to worry about paying for the next 40 years. She can basically take everything she's got and throw it at this race. And, um, and so I think it would be quite interesting to see, you know, anyone else go against her. A lot of people forget that not only does Kay have popularity, not only does, does Governor Ivy have a very large campaign offer, she's also independently wealthy. And so to put all those three things together, I think it's gonna be very difficult to wage a race against her. But let me say this, you know, there have been underdogs and one in Alabama over and over and over. Most of them are not very well funded, but in Alabama, we are sort of the, the underdog group. I do think that if yeah. Ms. Landert is going to, to make the jump, she's gonna have to decide what how she wants to serve and stick to a ballot. Because I think all of these rumors are hurting any chances she has in any race. Susan, I, I just, I, and, and I'm not a political consultant, but just observationally, I mean, Kay Ivey just seems very strong among the majority of Alabamians. Well, not only is she strong among Alabamians, she's one of the most popular governors in the nation. And let's not forget in that money equation that Jimmy Rain is very fond of Kay Ivey. Yeah, there's a lot very, of rich people who are very fond of Kay Ivey, right? So let's not forget that. But I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, her approval rating is really good. I mean, the yeah, she took a bump with the gas tax. She took a bump with the, the lockdown. But still, in other areas, she's very strong. Well, if Jim Ziegler is encouraging you to run against Kay Ivey, you could probably get some damn bad advice. But, hey, Josh, I, you know, we had a report come out uh a couple of weeks ago, it's from Jobs to Move Alabama, and they found that uh, Alabama over the last 30 years has invested about $4 billion in subsidies and tax breaks for corporations. I mean, that's just the way people do business now. That started under under uh, Don Siegelman, and it's continued under Governor Kay Ivey. But the, the, the report, which was uh, co-written by uh, former rep Patricia Todd, found that, you know, we're just not good at transparency. We don't know what's really, where our money's really going. Yeah, no, we, we've done a very terrible job of, and, and let me say, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with a lot of the uh, of the subsidies that have gone out to businesses. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of these incentives have things have, have been good and you've competed with other states to do some of this stuff. Uh, some of these things though are outrageous uh, we never get a return on them. We don't hold companies accountable for, for paying back some money if they uh, leave or shut down or don't meet the, the standards that we have. Um, and those are the problems that I think most people have with this stuff. You know, we, we've given a billion dollars basically to one company that uh, doesn't do a whole lot for us anymore. Uh, and I think that's where most people have the problem is, okay, fine, if you want to do these things, all right, but put it at some point, Put it on the table. Let everybody see what's going on here. Be transparent and open with what's going on. You don't have to do it on the front end, so you're not you know, you're exposing what you're doing to the whole bidding public or whatever, but you have to do it at some point and let everybody know that you do have some standards and you are following rules out there, and you're not just giving handouts to your buddies. Oh, I, mean, I love it when Democrats just... talk about economic development. <laughs> well, we're the only ones who know and how to I, do it. So yeah, I well, let me tell you where the let me tell you where the accountability is, Josh. And I understand it's been a long time since you had a Democrat governor to look up to in Alabama. 
And then he went to prison, so you couldn't really look up to him. But you could write to him if you wanted. But I will tell you that here in Alabama, what we have is proof is in the pudding, and it's one of the lowest unemployment rates in the history of our state. That is the accountability. And the clawback provision is the term that you're looking for. That is the term in economic development that's included included in every economic development contract since 2012, which indicates that Mm -hmm. if corporations which receive incentives do not meet certain um, certain uh, barriers along right, the way. Right, it's all hidden. Now, and I know you don't know that because you don't deal with the media a whole lot, but they're all hidden in things. All right, you can't get it for uh, up to uh, more than a year afterwards. And in some cases, you right. can't a- even get it then okay. because our public record laws are so terrible. And so, what well, actually the takes you place can get here it is because we're we hand out money left and right to people, to companies, and they don't do what they're supposed to do. They hire temporary workers. They keep the wages low. That's the reason why we have one of the lowest wages in the nation, and we have terrible health care and terrible infrastructure. It's because we spend all of our money on these things, and we have we don't expect people to actually uphold their end of the bargain because all we really care about is sending our our Republican governor out to ribbon cuttings and stuff. So that's all that she does. Uh, that's all that she does. Wow. Okay, I dare you to go to her office yes. and tell her that because it's simply not true. Okay. It is the fantasy land of the Democrat. So what happens in Republican politics where we actually recruit companies and get things done is we don't want the states that we're competing with, Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, Virginia, and Arkansas, to know how yes. we are enticing I know these the corporations. State you want to give them our playbook. It's really well, I don't. I'm I would going like to have for to... things to take place at some point where that. we actually see what the results are. That's what I would like to have. We, but we don't have that because y'all like to steal money and everybody every goes to jail. Unemployment numbers are announced. How many Republicans are in jail now? Our employment numbers are the best probably they've ever been in the history of the state. They look really good. Before we Thank leave, you, we're going to do, we're gonna have to do some solemn couple of solemn things, and that is to remember Representative Dad McClammy, who passed away a couple of weeks ago, and retired Circuit Judge Bobby Ray Adderholt, who's Congressman Adderholt's father. They will be missed.